Hey there, monsters, rebel scum, and vigilantes. It's your host, Brett. I wanted to pop in before the episode and let you know that this is a Mandalorian recap episode. And inside our discussion between Steven and I, we referenced a controversy, if you can call it that, that no pun intended has been stirred up over uh, scenes with the child, Baby Yoda, um, and the frog lady's eggs in this episode. So we are having a separate conversation about that. Uh, rather than embedding it in this episode, we made the decision to add it as a bonus mini-sode, which we will be posting in the next couple of days with friend of the pod, Corey Johns. So without further ado, we bring you our recap of Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 2, The Passenger. to our second Mando episode for season two, which is chapter 10, The Passenger. I'm a Mandalorian. That's what we'll be dissecting for the most part today, uh, along with uh, going into some additional Star Wars uh, details and news that has cropped up since our last episode that we thought was Welcome to a new world, too. Yes, yes. (laughs) New, a new... Hopefully. Kind of a new world. Um, we're still stuck in quarantine, and so we'll love to see that change. It was interesting, um, and, and we'll we'll cue our spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen episode two yep. of season two yet, but um, my overall note, having watched the episode, was I bet that they picked a really low-stakes episode to come during election week. Because they probably knew there would be generally a sense of angst and upheaval in the country. So yes, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, they had the they had the schedule all all set. So and that would have yeah. been known for known for some time. So yeah, that that makes it was very yeah it makes a lot of sense. It was a very uh, light episode. Um, not a lot of uh, narrative this week in terms of driving any of the primary objectives uh, right. for, for the story, which is a little different from the first season where the first three episodes really kind of were like a mini yeah. movie set within the universe. So, but it was still fun. Um, I managed to, to get to see it. I watched it twice and I enjoyed it a little bit more the second time, maybe because I was a little more awake when I watched it. <laughs> I'm going to have to do that then because I... I was a little underwhelmed, but probably in a way that was also a relief because I was so emotionally stretched uh, during yeah. the five days of uncertainty past Election Day. Right. So for for me, it was a really low stakes watch, um, except for, you know, there's always a sense of, and we can talk about the first scene, um, Stephen, because I mm-hmm. need to tap into your brain to understand uh, the the kind of bad guys in the intro trying to trap Yoda and Mando on yep. the speed bike that is now a, a dim memory. Poor, <laughs> poor Pelly is down an additional piece of an equipment. Yes. But... I I think that, you know, it was an episode that it felt like it just served the purpose to move us from Tatooine to where we're going next, right? Right. It felt a little bit like we had high expectations for what was going to come next because of the strength of the Marshall episode. Sure. And ending ending with Boba Fett thinking like, oh, and then there's no, there was no Boba Fett in this. (gasps) Did you think that when the bandits that um, set the trap, trap to try and capture Yoda and or Baby Yoda and the ch- the child and Mando were affiliated with Boba Fett at first? Because that's where I thought that was going. 
so my first so i had i had a little bit of that and then i thought oh this will be an interesting way because they kept kind of focusing on boba fett's armor there were a lot yeah. of shots where i was like oh this is where boba fett's going to save yeah, yeah. that would have been cool and this i get i guess this is tied to the first season it seems like there still is very much a bounty out mm -hmm. on mando and these seem to be three bounty hunters um unaffiliated with any guild activity since there's yeah, no more but they but it's possible that maybe the the imperial remnant has you know they have their they have their channels so maybe they're working under For that sure. under that arm so i also kind of I, there were i think we we've seen a nikto which is this within mandalorian i'm not sure but there they were shown quite a bit in return of the jedi um during the like sail barge scene right um the other alien and i was been trying to kind of figure this out looking at some of the online stuff was the like masked alien mm -hmm. could be a new bees which is a throwback to uh what leia was dressed up as right um in return of the jedi um they're expert trackers so i could see that maybe that person you know was hired they're very commonly bounty hunters right uh so thought maybe okay that that's a cool thing but then i also saw that it could be the same race that maybe tito was uh, from force awakens so yeah. not sure there's i don't think there's been an i'm sure we'll we'll find out when they release the like companion yeah we uh, you know we'll visual have to keep dictionary. adding that to our, our growing list because i know we had some questions last week about the um vampire wolves oh yeah still don't know what those are I, yeah. I, i'm very curious to know <laughs> um you know and especially they've really gone there's been a lot of creatures um, yeah. throughout all of mandalorian but the first two episodes we've gotten a lot of um creature workshop yeah. kind no, of stuff which a, is cool it's a muppet intensive experience this season of mando yep yep and, and i'm uh, not not hating it i i'm i'm always excited for some new species and that's why um i think our our passenger in the aptly titled episode yeah. uh, is particularly fascinating right and i i legit also looked that up in you know i, I have some really extreme legends knowledge just from role-playing from the role-playing games and they were always throwing in all sorts of alien races and things like that i have no idea who this this frog race is yeah, um, so we never seen that before. No. The only the, so the only and we can talk about this um more in depth, but there's the frog dog, right? Is a character that was like a hut pet. Yeah. Uh, Bubbo was his name or Bubbo in um it's like wasn't it the one that ate it ate something at the very beginning of Return of the Jedi? It was like out, yeah, out yeah. in front of Jabba's palace. Yeah, I uh, yeah that that's that's so, the only kind of like frog like thing. But it's that, definitely less. I mean, it's a sentient frog. Oh yeah, less of less so than right. The oh, one yeah. that we have. Yeah. And then you have the frog in episode four of season one that Baby Yoda is just like chowing down on those frogs in the swamp. Um, oh, yeah. Right. They help the villagers. Right. So, um, and it's funny because when there's, we'll talk about this, there's a little bit of a controversy, a controversy about <laughs> Baby Yoda snacking on these frog eggs uh, in in this episode and um everyone seems so horrified that he he as a carnivorous toddler creature would be doing this and i'm uh -huh. thinking back to well he ate the actual frog so i don't know why him eating the egg would be any more disturbing um back in the day like <laughs> yeah i that is an interesting argument like it's that is seems bonkers to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's everywhere. I mean, people are people are legit upset. And later in the episode, we're going to talk to a friend of the pod, Corey Johns, who 
has some perspective on this from conversations he's been having. Um, oh my gosh, across you know feminist anti-feminist perception of this because it's oh you God. know he's eating the eggs of a female like the spawn of this female it's like the end of her life cycles last production of eggs and unfertilized eggs and um like. in front of her and how it's anti-feminist and then there's you know the the choice the whole choice movement weighing in on it and it's just become um quite a lot of fuss about yoda baby yoda just snacking on some eggs i mean it's really no different yeah than eggs. they're unfertilized you know right i mean there's a history of cute creatures in star wars eating or alluding to eating things yeah. like ewoks they yep. ate people they they ate people yeah and they were gonna eat they were gonna eat luke and and yeah. uh and han, han and, and, and chewy yeah and chewy so like i don't know it's well and also like the fantasy. one that was so disturbing to me was when chewy was eating porgs because porgs are like these adorable penguin sure. cute you know cute sounding creatures and he's like roasting them on a spit in front of them yeah <laughs> You know, particularly, and I think it's uh, the showrunners had to actually respond to this uh, uproar. Really? And, yeah, yeah. And someone oh. was saying, one of the showrunners, I can't remember which producer it is or which writer it was, but somebody was saying, well, that's part of the humor of the scene is how this tiny baby adorable creature is, you know. Yeah. It's not another race. It's not like, I mean, it's not as if it's a human eating a human child, right? This is a an egg, right? Right. And he and doesn't know. He doesn't know what this creature is. Like he doesn't know what the frog. If that's its mom, he doesn't understand that they're 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 carrying a canister of that no, alien's no. eggs. <laughs> Long. No, no, and and it's there's a history of of food getting getting characters into trouble um yeah. you know starting with well chronologically in terms of timeline you know jar jar binks in episode Excuse one me. uh you know just eating that thing on tatooine from that vendor and right. getting in a scuffle with sabalba to like <laughs> getting to return of the jedi where chewbacca's stomach oh, yeah. gets ahead of him and the hence Chewy's they get captured Chewie's stomach gets him in trouble all the time i mean there yeah. are scenes in uh empire too right um, where Hans great Chewie great always thinking with your stomach it that also is a trope that we see in this up there's another trope that that kind of appears the same way that this one does um, that we'll get to when we get off of Tatooine mm -hmm. um, end up but why don't we uh, circle back to yeah yeah, there's a couple fun Easter eggs that some folks, some of you may have picked up on um, when watching the episode. I tried to do my best to, to kind of go through it to see if I could catch anything um, else. Uh, I do think it was fun that they're continuing the um, jetpack shenanigans, uh, which, I, which I, I'm all for. Um, also, you know, we're going, we go back to the cantina on Mos Eisley, which is always yep. fun to revisit that location and uh <laughs> and all the gambling oh yeah we get some more sabak which is yeah also cool but dr mandible uh yes. ant ant creature um that was which really is fun a fun nod because uh ant-man director peyton reed directed the episode so oh, yeah kind of, i didn't draw kind of, you know that i didn't draw that uh association that's amazing yeah it's a fun kind of fun nod and I think from what I could find, it is a non-canon, but now canon uh, species called Killick, which are from the Dark Nest uh, oh, series okay. of Star Wars. So there is an ant species that we think that's what Dr. Mandible is part of. Um, also reminded me of that like weird praying mantis alien in, the, in A New Hope in the cantina. So just fun, like weird, just giant insects in the cantina, continuing that like that nod also yeah. to episode four they all just fit in so well i mean that's oh, really, yeah. kudos to lucasfilm and, and to the sort of creature lab that they've always maintained because you know 
I think that's part of the reason that some folks didn't like the digital Jar Jar Binks in episode sure. one is I because would. we're so used to these great creatures, everything from, you know, Banthas to um, I guess Dr. Mandibles is like, it's it feels so real and it fits right in and and very seamless with the universe you really buy into it as part of the universe and yeah no yeah completely agree and there's again this is like just the the start of of getting into just tons of creatures um throughout the episode um another little fun thing that uh i've yet to go to galaxy's edge but when they're oh, yeah. eating that great dragon meat that apparently that's being grilled by the pod engine that is how it's yep. prepared prepared at galaxy's edge so that's awesome um, so that's a little also a little uh crossover to that um that's awesome yeah yeah and i and i definitely think that you know when we get introduced to this passenger which i don't think we ever get a name for her no um, just the the frog lady yeah frog lady passenger yeah like it is interesting that this is a another situation where mando is shepherding the like last of a line he has the child now he's got his the, the mandalorians are also whatever sect he belongs to is also you know last of its kind the last of its kind um so again and now he's going to a planet where he's going to shepherd this person but also potentially find some other cell for for his group of mandalorians so yeah it's i mean and this is one of the sort of suspension of disbelief this is the way parts of of the star wars universe is how perfect that the only friend he has left on tatooine really is playing uh cards with you know a guy and then she has a lead on because the guy she's playing cards with knows frog lady right lead on additional mandalorians and it's like well are they all just gossiping about it out in the open because then i'm sure everyone else has a lead on where the mandos are um but you know it's <laughs> pelly being an awful gambler clearly has cash management problems i completely <laughs> She, you know, she's like, oh, oh, I stake my life on it that this woman, you know, is worth it, even though she's met her ten minutes before. Right, uh, right. A little nonplussed by this, um, but he's got to get her to Trask, an estuary moon, um, yes. where her husband is waiting to fertilize the eggs, and that's yep. where because the husband has been seeing these other Mandalorians. Um, right. Which, you know, I have to also, I'm always a little skeptical because just like now with uh, our episode about the Marshall, we know that what somebody sees and calls a Mandalorian may not necessarily be so. Um, right, exactly. I was talking to some, some friends about this too, that it's kind of a strange convoluted way that he's going to find Jedi that he has to find Mandalorians that will then shepherd him to give him information about Jedi. And I would think, I would think that Luke Skywalker's were, were very close to the events of return of the Jedi. And, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just doesn't have a, he just doesn't feel comfortable trying to go through new Republic channels um, right. But I, I, I don't know. It just seems like a, it's an interesting way to get to something when I would think that the news and the hollow net would be all about here's this this Jedi hero who took down the Empire. Well, from- and even um, when the armorer is talking to him about Jedi, it's all in the context of the ancient right. Jedi and at the time at the the events just prior to mandalorian that the end of uh return of the jedi the only jedi to anybody's knowledge that's alive really would be luke would be luke right like um so obviously around this time we know from the flashback scene in rise of skywalker that luke was training leia right um but we don't have a ben solo yet we don't have snoke you know so we don't know anymore it's kind of 
I guess yeah. how that to how that and also Luke didn't destroy the the Death Star this time, right? It was he's not the sole hero, even though we know how how um, important his role was in those events. It's really mm-hmm. a win for the rebellion. So it's um yeah, it's it is a good question to figure out how public how publicly known is it that there are any Jedi Right. Right. It's maybe like, you know, we get we get in The Last Jedi, you know, that news travels fast of Luke's showdown. Right. With with uh with Kylo and such. Um, when the little kids are, you know, retelling the the tale of, of that event. I, I was holding out some hope that there'd be some Luke Skywalker cameo. Probably I, not going to happen. I don't but... think you're. I don't think you're wrong. I honestly think Mark Hamill has made it very abundantly clear in his participation in the most recent trilogy and just the general fondness, you know, for life that he has for this character that made his career that he'd be willing and up for anything. And obviously we know from Rogue One that they have the ability to do a lot with CGI yeah. um, and oh, yeah. from Rise of Skywalker a little bit with Carrie sure. Fisher, but he's alive, you know, him, him and Harrison Ford, both are alive. I'm, I'm not going to put a like Han and Chewie run in past. Oh, that us. Would be, yeah. That would be, that would also be very fun. The, um, that's a good segue, though, to what happens when Mando gets off the ground, uh, off Tatooine, yep. and runs into some company. Yes. Um, so towards this estuary moon. Yes. Yes. Uh, we get we get a get a comeback of Dave Filoni as Trapper Wolf is his call. Yeah. Uh, call sign um, from the Prisoner episode in uh, season one, as well as uh, Paul Sun Hyung Lee who. I don't know, folks who've watched Kim's Convenience um, playing Captain Carson Teva or Tiva. Yeah. So it's it remind it reminds me a little of the likes the the speeder the troopers and right. um, yeah you know, the, having the, the banter like, with yeah. uh, Jason Sudeikis and yeah, yeah. it kind of reminds Boy. me of that uh, you know in this other you know as soon as they their their S foils get locked luck S foils are tight yeah and they're very they're switched to radio station 11 yeah. or whatever and yeah that was hilarious man was just like oh yeah and then so obviously he he doesn't trust anyone even even the quote-unquote good guys because right. how could he so right. he sort of drops down um we have almost like a cloud city bespin type uh ride through some clouds and then we end up on this icy I guess planet. I don't... Yes. So it it is the same planet Maldo Crease as Episode One of ah, okay. Mandalorian. So that planet that had the yeah, where he found the um, Horatio Sands bounty. Yes. Yes. Same planet. Um, yeah, that was an awesome, awesome kind of like dog fight kind of sequence. Um, yeah, it was cool. Razorcrest got some moves. You know, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's it, it's like legit. I I'm not a fan of the design of Razor Crest, but no. um, it was fun. That was a fun kind of that whole space space dog fight. We haven't had a we haven't had a lot of that. Um, yeah, it was. Um, you know, again with the suspension of disbelief here, and and how he is able to repair the ship and get it oh back God. up in the air afterwards. It, it is a bit of a callback to if you. Um, I don't know if it was gravity, but one of those space mo- one of those like, space epics that was in that year where we had like fifteen George Clooney and Matt. Oh Damon. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's in The Martian when Matt Damon has to tape the. Uh, so he's got to use like an old booster to get back up into orbit so that his team can come pass and rescue him. Um, and because of the gravity and the mechanics, he has to use a tarp instead of glass to 
depressurize the pod that he's launching in. And that's basically what it felt like. Um, And, you know, NASA consulted on the Martian for that scene. So, I mean, I guess there there's some science behind that. There's plausibility. It's just to see that that dinky ship, you know, tarped and taped together to get Mando and the child and the frog lady back to where they are. But yeah, let's talk a little bit. Oh, go ahead. How many times are we going to see that ship just get the crap kicked out of it? Because uh, it's been a lot in, uh, in what, 10 episodes. <laughs> My ship has been destroyed. The other thing, too. So with this planet mm-hmm. that the, ice, the icy, cruel, uh, super cold planet, mm-hmm. call back a little bit to Hoth, right? When yes. They have to crawl inside of a warm body of a uh, what do you call it? Tauntaun. Tauntaun. And then you know, once they're on the planet, obviously the frog lady's seeking out warmth Mm -hmm. in the only place she can find it. But you know, that was kind of a interesting callback, um, as well as they're all. Whenever you land on a planet like that. It's just a foregone conclusion, whether oh. it's an asteroid or a planet, and you're in a cave, something else lives there. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Yeah. Just like our favorite line from last week, you know, there's no such thing as an abandoned Sarlacc pit. There's no planet where there's yeah. caverns and caves that aren't occupied. And same thing in um, Rise of Skywalker with that snake thing that Ray right. feels. Yes, yes. No. You're it's... always going to fall through a layer of ice or sand. Yep, into, and into a hole or a pit. Yep, yep. and then bad stuff's going to happen. Yeah, uh, generally something trying to eat you. Yep. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it was uh, as yeah that I I I am a bit arachnophobic, although um, mm-hmm. these me too these totally. uh, knobby white spiders. I don't know that we've mm-hmm. got. You know, we've gotten an, an actual. That's the name the the legends. Well, not even legends. It's I don't. It was Ralph Macquarie's kind of some pre art, some some art direction stuff he had done for um, uh, for Empire Strikes Back on Dagobah. I don't think they're yeah. ever actually in there, but I hate yeah, spiders. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, they're and these were really gross um, things. And it's like, of course, you see the egg things, and you're like. Okay, we we've all seen aliens or alien or you know we've we we're we're aware that something is yeah. going to come over, out of those man. things. Yep. Um, and uh, of course, it's it's led by the child's stomach eating one of <laughs> the uh, another egg egg bound creature. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, and then you know craziness ensues, and the one thing I will say from a um, creature aspect, it's been confirmed they're not Kricknas, Kricknas, okay. um, Kricknas from Rebels, which they look very similar to. Different amount of legs, and we know that the trying. To, I was trying to count the legs, and it was just all moving too fast in the dark. Yeah, and the and the creature designer did come out and say they're not the same thing. Okay, because um, also those Kricknas, Kricknas are crawlers. I think as uh, Zeb calls them they are like blaster proof. So these these certainly were not blaster proof. You know, the obligatory running from giant things and trying to kill them moment was was a lot of fun. Also the passenger using I think she used her frog tongue thing to grab her clothes. That was mm-hmm. pretty great. Yeah, that was great. cool. So unlike last episode where communication was such a cool part, an integral part of the uh, episode arc with, you know, the sign language and the Tuscan Raiders and Mando uh, using their tongue uh, very well, there's no communication (laughs) between Frog Lady and mando and it's frustrating he's trying to just convince her like it's time to go to sleep don't touch that you know kind of um, the same way it was for him in the beginning of season one where he didn't even know how to talk to the child and it's just sort of you stay here you stay right here right i come back and of course the child just wandering out of 
the razor crest into whatever wilderness they were in. Yep. Um, so yep. talk about a little bit how she finally figures out how to yeah. communicate with him and why that's uh, exciting. Yeah, no, and that was that was a, definitely a highlight um, for those of you who are Richard Iowati fans. Uh, we we got his voice back in the form of Zero, uh, the so the, cool, the bounty hunting assassin droid uh, that Mando has kept dismantled, um, which was pretty cool. So, yeah, she she has is able to communicate through through the droid essentially that she's clearly got severed head really yeah, it's she, just a head she's clearly got some uh some electronics uh engineering yeah. skills to to pull that off yeah uh which was really cool and she knows something about mandalorian code and honor which yeah. i also think is interesting that that's what she kind of that's right. how she's like this is why you need you need to follow through on what you yeah promised. you're honor bound yeah, so she knows enough to be able to to call out that. And frankly, we don't know a ton about the code that he follows either. Um, right, but so, somehow she does. So it mm -hmm. gives some authenticity to the rumor that she's leading him somewhere right. hopeful. Right, right, right. So that that yeah, that was that was also um, really cool. Things are looking pretty bleak for them until we get the the two. <laughs> Pilots come back, and I, as soon as I heard the blaster, I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's an that's an next wing." Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I do yeah. think they did a. You know, it was again like, was there a ton of a ton that was in this episode? No, uh, we get you know they call back to the prisoner episode yeah. where you know they have notes that you know had 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 he not just tried to get away they probably could have came to an understanding in space um yep. but they had i guess further run his plates and they're like oh yeah you you helped out so you're not all that bad but yeah you got to get that transponder fixed uh next time it won't be so next time i like won't how, how they so then friendly. refused to help him yeah no, no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that like, was like nope yep, you're on your own yeah see yeah. you later and um, that's yeah it's fun too because just imagining what their time is kept busy with on patrol i'm sure um yeah on the outer rim all, area yeah yeah i'm sure there's all kinds of shady people trying oh, yeah. to get off and on to you know planets and and get to the outer rim safely so uh they've got other stuff to do with their time and they clearly aren't wasting any of it helping him but right yeah it's just an interesting dynamic with his relationship to the new republic versus his relationship with the empire you know and, yeah. and then um he's sort of in that no man's land category so i mean i don't i don't want to call it a throwaway episode but i think it's an episode that until we have reason to believe further which i assume comes at the beginning of next week's episode it really only serves the purpose of of getting us from place a to place b but right. doing entertaining very creature lab um right kind of way and yeah we're and pelly pelly and mando are really like the only two people other than the x-wing fighters in the whole episode which is unusual right right yeah no it's 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 not a um yeah, no, no, you're you're hundred hundred percent spot on. It was more, I guess, more about the dynamics of, I don't know, how, I guess how Mando works, how Mando is working with kind of the common person, right? Um, you know, we've seen we've seen him, per, you know, he's he's been doing a lot more altruistic things lately, and this is kind of, I think, one of them. I'm certainly he's getting a need met, but like. You know, he's taking a lot of danger and going in sublight to to make that to make that trip. So, yeah, I do. Well, I do see more. We're we're seeing more and more. This really, I don't know. He's he's pretty much like he's like Bruce Wayne to me. Like and this. to me, there are. <laughs> it's interesting too because if you think of the relationship with Han Solo and bounty hunters, but to me, he's got some really Han uh quirks and characteristics he's not as cocky and he's not as much of a showboat you know as han is but he definitely has that sort of tongue-in-cheek 
roll with the punches of whatever weird alien it is that you're facing because Han's always got to have like deep, meaningful conversations with Jabba the Hutt or with Chewie, right? Rito or with you know, um, oh gosh, with the Raptor uh, thugs in space. You know, he's just yeah. That just goes to show you kind of how how it is when you when you roll in the galaxy um and i think that that's part of why the child eating the frog eggs to me is really more of a laugh line than it is some some huge affront to feminism oh, and yeah uh, proof that john favreau doesn't value women or children <laughs> you know it's really no, it's gotten to be quite something it's it's just more of a there's there's really no standard hierarchy on a planet um you know you can either be the crate dragon who can eat whatever the hell it wants or you can be an intellectual humanoid or you can be a right. frog lady or you can be whatever yoda is and you know an egg is an egg, and if you're hungry, I mean, this is a this is a creature that every time anyone's trying to feed him, it's either bone broth or something with bones in it, yeah. or you know, a, an actual frog. Um, kid's hungry, you know, he's got to yeah. eat. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's yeah, I, I I there I definitely don't think there's anything political or you know, there's I, there's no commentary on on that that the show's trying to make outside of. Oh wow, this is funny. Look, the yeah. kid's trying to eat the eggs. It's I'm very sure... innocent. I mean, yeah. I don't. It doesn't. It's not startling to me. And I think the funny thing too is a friend of mine uh, who has a really hard time enjoying the literal way that Jedi are represented in the newer films was like, well, shouldn't shouldn't the child be a vegetarian? And I'm like, no. Like he's no. a toddler, he's growing. I have a kid, my four year old. He hates meat, and th so we had to get him to agree to like the three meats he would eat just for for nutritional purposes. And I try to eat more of a plant based diet, but he can't because he's four. He's got to grow, so he right. gets bacon, uh, spaghetti with meat sauce, and pepperoni are the meats he likes. So hey, I mean, <laughs> sounds good to me. Day, He's eating that, and it's not like you know if he was eating pepperoni pizza in front of a pig, like sucks sucks. But the pig doesn't know that, and I don't even know if Frog Lady saw. Oh, how I don't many think eggs. so. <laughs> he ended up pilfering from her. A lot of eggs. I don't even know if she knew how many eggs were in there. You know, is she counting them and and that fancy fertility canister. Like I don't know, I don't know what's going on with that, but yeah. I just think it's a, a big fuss about nothing. And there are things to fuss about, as you'll, as you know, Stephen, I've been alluding to all so far, all uh, year about um, Gina Carano being anti-mask and, and uh, taking Black Lives Matter protesters to task for rioting. Yeah. Um, that's something yeah. I'm upset about, like generally. Sure about because I loved her character. I love the po uh, body positivity that she represents. But I'm not going to sit here and boycott <laughs> Star Wars because the child ate some eggs. You know, he's he's like the equivalent of a toddler. He doesn't can't even really walk that long on his own. He's got to be carried or or shepherded around in his little egg shaped basket. So, right, yeah, no, I. Uh, I don't know. People always find things to just, I don't know. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that is, that, that's a, it's surprising, but also not surprising. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, everyone's, know. I mean, I guess if people are feeling happy enough to, to have that be the thing that pisses them off this week, then it's, it bodes well for the democracy of sure. our planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do we know about next week? Yeah, well, we have this week's episode too, which uh, I I we're going to Trask. That's what so I meant. Sorry, okay. I meant this week. Yeah. I, I don't know what day it is. <laughs> no, but next week's exciting because that's Carl Weathers is directing next week's episode, and then yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen this coming week. I I suspect there will be some fall play involved. Um, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 we're, 
we have a we have Razor's Crest limping towards you know towards Strask, and so I think that's going to be you know pose an issue, right? So he's they're going to be coming in injured, and maybe that's going to point to some type of I don't know. That's that's my only guess. I I also think it's we we haven't we haven't gotten a lot of like you know Moff Gideon at this yeah. point and. Well, now I've been two episodes or two episodes outside of Darksaber moment. Yeah, with the and, big bad. Yeah, the big so, bad not showing up. We've got, you know, yeah. kind of, I mean, a, a literally big bad in the crate Dragon, but that's not, right. you know, <laughs> there's no conspiracy there. We've got allusion to Boba Fett. And I don't know, to me, in all phases of his character, Boba Fett has always been such a villain that I'm interested to see like i didn't assume he was going to help them like you did if if that was what was happening in the beginning of this episode i would i would have thought he would have been on the um bad side of that so we've got that going on and then we have moff gideon who's definitely hunting mando um yeah i i think with boba fett <laughs> he he harbors a lot of ill will he's got a lot of trauma you know the kid saw his, his like dad's head get chopped off by yeah. uh by a jedi so that's that's it was kind I, of a brat before that though yeah yeah he was he's pretty bratty he's a pretty bratty kid but like we see in like clone wars and stuff that like he's had a really hard life and had to grow up really fast yeah. so I, I do have some sympathy and i i do think like he made a choice right like to to like i guess live in the desert boba fett could have probably kept his armor or at least made his way back to, to town and it wouldn't have taken him too long. Like his ship from what, for as far as we know, slave one was still, you know, that didn't get destroyed. So like, I feel like he's made a conscious choice to, I don't know, go into exile or kind of pull an Obi-Wan kind of thing, maybe, you know, or, or Yoda thing. He's just living out, living out, <laughs> living out in the desert, uh, Tatooine. So I don't know. I feel like if we, if and when we get this like mini series that there, that deadline has kind of came out and was like, hey, this is this is the next. This is this is going to be happening. We're going to get that Boba that mini series. I don't know. I feel like he'll be kind of in the same nebulous. Is he good? Is he bad? Kind of thing. Yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting. I hope I hope it's true. I hope they are making a mini series and we're going to get the like. I do too. Get the details be, finally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to like. There are a lot of characters that I feel like we're in limbo on. And I know that you you have been keeping close tabs on the um on all of the TV shows that we're mm -hmm. getting through Disney Plus, but I saw this week on Twitter again. <laughs> um oh god. So it was there people are trying to make solo to happen again like ron howard yeah, i'm for it there. Um, i'm for it i'm all for it me too. i, I, I actually that like that movie. movie i love it i love that movie so much i han solo is probably my favorite character and that's probably why i just can't get on board with boba fett because i think i think han, han for me as a kid like that was my john wayne you know he, he sure. and, Totally, my first crush as a kid too was on Han Solo and Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford in general. Until he reached like fugitive age and weight and beard color, but um, <laughs> he was always my favorite. <laughs> and so, like, it, I loved how that they bridged the time the time differential so smoothly. And I loved the acting. I. I was I just I've been sitting here waiting for Darth Maul, which we know from canon, sort of the um what happened to him and, and the ultimate fate of, you know, the syndicate and everything. But I I've been waiting for an answer to that. And I think what, I, what I, do you mean? Well, I'm puzzled by how many people saw solo and don't seem to want to know what happens when um uh, oh, uh, yeah, Kira, Kira, Kira at the end is like, 
just flies the whole massive yacht off to meet up rendezvous with Darth yeah. Maul and complete her training to become an evil person. And like, yeah. we don't know. We don't know what happens with Kira. We, we have some no. inclination about who she might be under another name perhaps, but like, there's nothing that's confirmed. There's so many questions I have. I, I really loved, um, Lando in that film. And I would be happy to see more of kind of Han and Lando's relationship evolve. But that's the other thing is, you know, are we going to see, are we going to get a uh, Harrison Ford and Chewie in Mando? Um, because of his age being so much he's you know so much older than luke and leia at least in canon even though he doesn't look it um that you know he's got an entire life that he's lived before the events of episode four so what Mm -hmm. was he doing around episode three are we going to get that answered in the obi-wan series so i think you know, I don't feel like his story is done. I was so, so utterly gutted when they killed him in a spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen um, <laughs> the episode uh, seven. But I just think, I don't know there. I think that there's so much opportunity to do more with that. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, that's been making the rounds again. It was trending on Twitter. Yeah. Ron I, saw, Howard. I, saw, I saw that. And, you know, with yeah. Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard being um, such an influencer on Mandalorian, mm-hmm. her dad, you know, obviously. Right. So right. maybe that's an allusion to something that they're cooking up. I would love to see her treatment um, on a film, a Star Wars film as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think I think that the Hans Han would have the Han Solo series would have been better as because I know they originally were going with a trilogy, probably would have been better in a limited series run. Um, that would have, you know, given us more time to kind of establish establish character things. Because, you know, that movie, I think also large, in large part due to like the bizarre way it was made with the massive reshoots and change it with the change of director and such, um, could have been a lot, could have been a lot smoother. Right. And in the same way that I feel like the first half of Rogue One feels weird to me. Um, and I think that's in large part due to them just being like, uh, we're gonna read, we're gonna rework that part of the movie. Um, and then it kind of just feels a little disjointed. And, and and I do, I really do, Han Solo's kind of, Solo's just kind of a fun movie. It's not yeah. like story-wise the most complicated thing. And at times it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it, it is fun to watch. Yeah, um, and talk about all the creatures, my God. Oh yeah, yeah. So much yeah, storytelling. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, it's sweet. It's funny. Proxima. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sh- oh my God. <laughs> Love it. Um, it's funny that you should mention characters. Like well, who else are we going to see um, in the season? And I, and there, we do know that Botan Triss is going to be in it in some capacity. Yep. So maybe she's leading the Mandalorian Zontrask. And mm. I thought, I thought we were going to, that she was just going to be in it in a flashback that, that uh, Moff Gideon would kill her to then mm-hmm. get the, get the dark saber. Right. Um, was my, my original yeah, thought. Cause we don't know how that ended up with him. And yeah. we don't know if Mando's yeah. already progressing. I don't see him sitting down to like share a blue milk with Mando to tell him how he, how he procured the weapon, you know, like we're not going to find right. that out in right. storytelling. So how right. we need to see what happened. And then you have to get a Moff Gideon origin story. You know, where's that going to, where's that going to appear? Is it going to be yeah. flashbacks or is it going to be part of another series? Are we going to see it in the Obi-Wan series or the Cassian series? Like we don't know. Right. There's so many un, untapped opportunities. And mm-hmm. I know we're looking at getting Ahsoka in, in an upcoming oh episode. Yeah. I think that's going to be in ep- episode five, which is the only non Favreau episode or written episode. Yeah. So that's all Dave Filoni. So given yeah, that would be his, Ahsoka's his like his baby, his baby. I, I think that I think again, though, you know, in the same way that we didn't have much Boba Fett and it was kind of like rumored yeah, as to what the shoot was for, if, if he was coming to play Rex or, you know, one of the, one of the other clones, or if he was playing Boba Fett, 
I, I still think that we're going to probably get him, that actor will be back, but playing old Rex is, yeah. is my, is my, is my thought as well. And it might be, it might be an episode five when we get us, I think we're going to get Ahsoka, but because they've been so hush hush about everything, right. I have a feeling it's going to be very small cameo kind of thing. Um, well, so we've gone to episodes, not, and not to make controversy out of nothing, because I think that, you know, you can only do so much in each episode, but we have now gone two full episodes with only Pelly as sort of our actual humanoid female character. We've got Frog yep. Lady, but that's not a not a major player, I assume. She's more to more of just sort of a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, so it will be interesting because we left season one with all of these strong characters, right? The widow we had um right. from the swamp planet. We had right. uh Fennec Shand whose fate is up Unknown. Yep. Yeah, and we've got obviously Cara Dune. Um and so it'll be interesting to see you know, I don't right. I don't John Favreau as as a series runner director is usually pretty good about bringing women into as directors and both in front of and behind the camera and on the crew so i know it's not (laughs) it's not you know for nothing that um we're sitting around waiting for a female driven episode um but i'm hoping that I, i assume because if carl weathers is is uh running the next one um right he's directing this episode uh mm. 11 uh no the no. Pay- uh Peyton Reed I think is directing he's directing two episodes oh so his are his are in a row yes I believe so okay, I believe so Peyton's doing this this one and then next Carl Brothers like, will be up the next week <laughs> correct episode four and then Dave Filoni will be doing the following week. So we haven't had any female directors. No, not 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 this, not this uh, go around yet. Okay, um, yeah. So Carl Weathers is directing episode four. So we can assume that episode four is when we will see, um, you know, Grief Karga and yep. Cara Dune because I don't think that he would direct an episode has nothing to do with his own character. Agreed. Um, we- Bryce Dallas Howard is returning for an episode and Bamuyua is um I think isn't Deborah Chow coming back as well I didn't see her none of it none of them's been none directors haven't been confirmed for all the episodes we only which is weird so it says we can suspect who will be episode so we suspect Dave Filoni is chapter 13 um and we it is confirmed that Bryce Dallas Howard, Rick Fumiwa, and Robert Rodriguez, Robert Robert Rodriguez are directing. Peyton Reed and obviously Favreau. So yeah, we. I mean, we're really kind of running out of out of slots. Yeah, it looks like only I, one female director. So I would hope hmm. that um, there will be a lot more women in front of the camera. Than- well, and we haven't gotten Sasha Banks yet. And then we don't know who she's playing. So that's the other, she's a WWE yes, wrestler. Yeah. So we and don't know. We're talking about um, Sophie Thatcher as well. Yeah. And we don't know who she's playing either. Um, the only rumor stuff is that she's going to be in whatever the spinoff show, likely this Boba Fett miniseries, she'll be in that as well. So yeah, that's also an unknown. And then we, we do have um, the... Leslie Headland show, which will be feature a female lead and it'll be like martial arts focused. Cool. Um, and that's, that's heavily in the works. And then obviously Deborah Chow's directing show running the Obi-Wan uh, piece. I'm not sure. I forget who's doing Cassian Andor's series. Who's, who's show running that. Yeah. I forget too. Um, let's see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, enter like a most Mas uh, Eisley theme song while right. we Google. Right, right. Well, showrunner. And then we also have Bad Batch. Yeah. Which Dave Filoni, I think, will probably be running, showrunning that. I, 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 I'm hundred, almost hundred percent certain. Steven Schiff is the showrunner for Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor. So another guy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, room for improvement. Um, for sure. <laughs> I really like, I really love Deborah Chow and I'm, and I'm, I'm hopeful that I know that we know the Obi-Wan series is going to be awesome. So I just can't see how it won't be. And I do think she's, she should be very much in line to direct a feature Star Wars feature film. Um, so I'm hopeful that she'll become just a, also, and just another stalwart figure in uh, the Star Wars universe when it comes to directing. Nevertheless, we'll be excited to see next week what comes yes. next. And yeah, um, it's it's gonna be it's I yeah. There's not a lot of rumors that I've read about that kind of speculate what's gonna be happening this yeah this Friday. Ah, it's so nice to look forward to something every Friday of like, uh, what, you know, what new star Wars are we going to have this week? So yeah, very, very, very excited to see where the show's going. And I, and I definitely think we're going, this is going to be a, we have to tie back to the primary narrative. So I feel like they're, they're, they're not going to go three, they're not going to go three episodes about that. Well, yeah, I think I agree. And I'm, I'm hopeful that um, <laughs> I keep I keep feeling like so we get these scenes like we did at the beginning of this episode and even in the prior one where it's sort of like baby Yoda is in, you know, peril, just like yeah. at the end of last episode too. like, I, I wonder how many times Mando can single handedly in one fell swoop dispense all ill willed bad guys protect the child and himself you know and get yeah. out of every situation like at a certain yeah. point i mean yes we know he's probably the best uh like hand-to-hand -hand combat plus weapons tech uh fighter that we have in the universe right now but at the same time it's like there's gonna come a moment and i assume it'll be a moment where like it looks as though it's all over and then cardu yeah. and carga show up or a la the a la season one yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, these X-Wings showing up when the spiders are eating his ship or, you know, there's always something. It's very, it's a very like Western trope too. Like, mm -hmm. you know, something always happens to save your good guy. Um, but like at some point, John Favreau is going to get bored of that formula. And so I imagine we'll have some nail biters coming up in the future episodes because these ones seemed very tame for the stakes for Mando and for the child. I mean, we knew that Mando wasn't going to get eaten by a crazed dragon for good. You know, right. That, right. Um, yeah. Cause there's <laughs> more episodes. Yeah. We, we also knew that like these desert baddies out there setting like the, the same rope trap that the Ewoks set for land speeders on hot on a uh, Endor weren't going to catch uh, a Mandalorian, but at the same time, I, I wonder what's coming up that there, the stakes have to be higher for him. Um, oh yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. Gene yeah, Carl Esposito has said as much that yeah. stuff stuff's going down. Yeah. No, it's going to get, in, it's going to get intense. So everyone breathe a sigh of relief that election week, we got a little bit of a, a break and then steal your, steal your nerves for, um, for what comes next. Yes. All right. Excited. Well, All right. We well, we'll be back on Saturday um, to recap our uh, next episode. We don't have a title yet, but um, right. we'll find out imminently, I guess, in yes. a little more than 36 hours. And yes. um, in the meantime, want to direct you guys to a couple of places so that we can continue to get the word out there about high tea with monsters, rebels, scum, and vigilantes. A lot of people are looking for a solid Mando recap show that brings this level of star Wars expertise and also kind of, um, cultural analysis and relevance that Steven and I bring. So, um, we have a Patreon page where you can pledge to become part of our sort of inner circle, our guild, as it were, um, within that site, you get 
additional content. So additional episodes earlier, you get um, some goodies that we're having printed up that uh, we'll share more about over on the Patreon page. Um, but please do go there and, and support us. You can do so at the $1 a month level all the way up to $15 a month. Um, it's not you know, a huge ask, but it is a really fun uh, fan club type uh, environment where you can actually have conversations with us and with other fans. Um, and if you would be so kind as to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud and Stitcher, where we're um, currently streaming directly to, and then a couple of other platforms that will be green lighting soon um every review counts really helps us out makes us feel good and let us know in the comments what you want us to talk about in upcoming episodes absolutely all right until next time